Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 9. A lot to get into. Big weekend in the UFC. A lot of good college football. Big 10 back. So they'll be included in my new rankings this week. Um, NFL, a couple big signings. Some big games over the weekend. We'll get into my uh, official Champions League group predictions, who I think will advance to the knockout stage, who I think will be sent home. We're going to start out with combat sports. We're going to start out with uh, Stipe Miocic, Francis Ngannou is targeted for next year in March. Stipe is injured. And Dana came out and said Stipe will not be able to fight till March. But that's the, that's the rematch everyone wants to see. That's the big one. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, think Ngannou is now the best heavyweight in the world. Um and I think I think with Stipe's age and how much he gets he gets injured he's been injured almost every fight he's had really and if it, and like the last three or four fights he's had he's been injured almost every after every fight. So I think if Ngannou gets the belt, it's a good thing because I think the division will move along. I think you'll see more heavyweight. You'll see two or three heavyweight title defenses a year. You'll see at least five, I think, in two years with Ngannou as the champion or whoever becomes the champion if Ngannou were to lose. But yeah, there's a lot. I think there's a lot brewing for Ngannou. Let's say Ngannou wins. I think there's a lot of fights that could happen for him. Um, I think you're going to see. We'll get into my predictions later about the heavyweight thing. But I think there's a lot of good fights for Ngannou. And we'll get into that here in a bit. But yeah, that's targeted for March over in Bellator. A super fight, Gegard Mousasi, who in my opinion is the second best middleweight in the world. I think he would be the second best middleweight in the UFC over uh, Robert Whitaker. He's going to defend the title against the 170 pound champion Douglas Lima. Lima looking to become the champ champ over there. Um, it's going to be a good fight. I, I kind of, it depends. I think Lima needs to get it done early. If Lima can get him out there, I think Lima has to get him out of there the first two rounds. If it goes past two, I think Gegard's, Gegard will just outbox him for five rounds and win a decision. I don't think Gegard finishes Lima. Um, yeah, that fight's on Thursday, so that's a big one. Um, all right, so let's get into Khabib. Khabib submits Justin Gaethje in round number two via triangle choke. It was a very impressive performance by Khabib. He looked really good. And then, of course, after the fight, he retires. And people were like, well, are you mad? Because, you know, Connor never gets a chance to rematch him now. You know, I, I, I was, I'm not really mad, no. I mean, if a guy, I've always said, if a guy wants to retire, and especially if it's in the UFC, get out. If you're even thinking about retirement, I think you should get out. No reason to stick around. Um, so yeah, I think it was a good thing that he retired. If he wants to retire, if that's what he wants, if he does not want to fight anymore, don't have one. Even for a guy as good as Khabib, don't have one foot in, one foot out. I mean, take a look at like George St. Pierre. Even though he beat Johnny Hendricks when I think he didn't, he was one foot in, one foot out, people said. And look what happened. He got his face smashed in. It was a very close, tough fight. You don't want to do that if you're Khabib. Get out. You're 29 and 0. Get out. You know, it's, you know, so I'm not mad at it now. Now, do I think if Connor were to win the title, which I do think in January he does beat Dustin Poirier and win the title, do I think Khabib could get the itch to come back? Yeah, because he's always wanted to be 30 and 0. Was, his, was him and his dad's plan to be 30 and 0 and retire undefeated? That was the plan. And now you're gonna have to, now you're gonna have to look at Conor McGregor, to be the king of that division, 
after you left. That's going to piss Khabib off. Without a doubt. That's going to make him mad. So I, do I think... I'm still leaning towards more no he comes back than yes. But I think... Right now, I think it's like 100% he's not coming back. If Connor were to win it, I'll give it a 20% chance he comes back. I'll raise the odds. If anybody else gets the belt, I don't think he cares enough. Um, you know, if Poirier were to get the title... Uh, d- that's not anything big to him. He, you know, again, Connor's the big name, so that's why he could come back. Poirier, Gaethje, even if Tony gets it, which I don't think Tony's ever going to get the belt. Sadly, I don't think Tony ever gets the belt. Even if Michael Chandler from Bellator is able to get the title, I don't think Khabib has that itch to come back to fight uh, Michael Chandler. I think it would really only be for Connor, or if they set up a GSP fight maybe a year from now at 170. That could be another thing to get him back. We'll see what happens, though. So what's next for the lightweight division? Well, I think it's very simple who fights the title next because guess what, ladies and gentlemen? When Conor McGregor first announced he was coming back out of retirement when he fought Donald Cerrone, he wanted the fight to be for the title. You all said, nope, nope, can't happen. He's coming off a loss. He's got to get a win. Okay. He smokes Donald Cerrone in 40 seconds. He is coming off a win. Dustin Poirier just beat Dan Hooker, so he is coming off a win. What are Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson coming off of? Losses. So we're going to, and I don't care what you say. I know, you're, I know you guys are just Connor haters. We're going to hold everyone to the same goddamn standard. Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson do not deserve a title shot. They're coming off losses. They need to get a win. That was the standard you put on Connor. So we're putting the standards on them. So Connor Poirier should fight for, will, I'm hearing will, they will. But from what I've heard, they will be fighting for the title January 23rd. And most likely Las Vegas, Nevada. So then what do you do with, with, with the guys around them? Well, Gaethje, I think, you're, you, I think there's already, uh, it's, you know, I think we're still probably about the 30-yard line. But 30-yard line going in, Tony Chandler, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler, number one contender fight. That's the fight. Put that on the, put that on the co-main event of Conor Poirier or put it on a fight night the weekend before, five-rounder. And then what do you do with Gaethje? Fights Hooker or Charles Oliveira. I told everyone, I told everyone how overrated Gaethje was. And I don't care that it was Khabib. I knew his grappling in jiu-jitsu was not going to be good enough because you're going to be on your back. When you're fighting Khabib, you're going to end up being on your back. At one point or another in the fight, you're going to end up being on your back. Well, he was on his back. He was on his back and just, you know, it was very quick. And then the first round, he was only on his back for that last, like, 40 seconds, and he almost got armbarred. So, shoot, I was like, okay, yeah, well, Khabib gets him to the ground again. He's going to be able to submit him, like I said. I said third-round submission for Khabib, ended in the second. Triangle choke. And I just think when Justin Gaethje, yes, I think Justin Gaethje probably has the most power in the lightweight division. But Connor is the best striker and most precise striker in that division. Connor is probably the third or fourth greatest striker in MMA history, in my opinion. I would say Israel and Anderson's one, Israel two, and Israel might be one now. And Anderson two, and then either Connor or Wonderboy three, four would be my would be what I would think. Connor would smoke Justin Gaethje. I don't even think you you saw what happens. You saw what happens to Gaethje. You put pressure on him. Gaethje is great when he's leading the fight. But look what Khabib did with his pressure. With and Khabib's an average striker at best. Well, if Connor just marches down Justin Gaethje, it's gonna be a very long night for Gaethje. Well, no, very quick night because he's gonna get knocked out quickly. 
I do not think Justin Gaethje is better than Connor Poirier and Michael Chandler. And I don't know. And yes, he beat Tony Ferguson. But uh, if my opinion, if Tony Ferguson wouldn't overtrain for nine months and then also did a weight cut, he cut weight and still made weight on the fight day he was supposed to fight Khabib. That was so stupid. I think he would have been better in that fight. So I see them as maybe equal, and I would still favor Tony. I see Justin now as the fifth best guy in the division. I think Connor's the best. I think Michael Chandler's the second best. Poirier, three. Ferguson, four. Gaethje, five. And guess what? Charles Oliveira is going to be a very tough fight for Justin Gaethje if that's the matchup. I think Gaethje can beat Hooker because Hooker doesn't have the power to finish Gaethje. But Oliveira, the pressure he can put on in his ground game, that is a very tough fight for Justin Gaethje. Charles Oliveira might be the dark horse. I think Oliveira has the potential to beat almost everyone in the division with his, how good his striking has gotten and then his ground game. I think he has the potential to beat everybody. Now, I don't think he's necessarily better than Michael, Dustin, Connor, or probably Tony. Even Gaethje, I don't think he's better than. But I think he can beat them. And he poses a bad problem. Him and Tony remind me kind of the same guy. I would love to see that fight. If they went Gaethje Chandler, I'd love to see Tony Oliveira. But I think they're work- right now what I'm hearing is, Con- uh, Connor Poirier for the belt, and they're going to do Tony versus uh, Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler is what I'm hearing. That's what they're going to do. And then Justin, that leaves Justin Gaethje. I mean, he's either going to have to man up and fight uh, Hooker or Oliveira, or he's going to have to wait a long time because if you this is what happens though if Gaethje goes and says I'll fight fu- fuck it I'll fight uh, Oliveira, and he let's say he knocks out Oliveira and Chandler or Tony win a decision, then Gaethje could leap right back to the front. But when you sit there, just because he's ranked number one in the division, which is, you know, he won't be for long, he's ranked number one in the division. Well, if you just sit there and Connor beats Poirier and then Chandler and Tony fight, well, you're not getting a fight. You're not getting a title fight over Chandler or Tony who, who just fought, you know? So you got to fight. This is what Leon Edwards fucked up. Leon Edwards could have fought Wonderboy. He could have fought Leon, Leon Edwards ranked three, Wonderboy's five. If he beats Wonderboy, right now, if he would have fought Wonderboy three months ago, right now, they could have done interim title fight, Burns versus Edwards. To fight Usman. That's what they could have done. But he sat there and done nothing. So the UFC's like, hey, you're out the rankings. You're out of the rankings. You're not fighting the fine. And then he goes, okay, well, I'll fight. And then they give him Hosmat. A guy who's, yes, but it, this is the good thing for Edwards, though, still. Yes, I think it's it's a, I wouldn't say it's actually win-lose because so many people are high on Chimmy Chim. So uh, if he beats him, though, he takes all of that momentum Hosmat has right now. Dana pushing him as the greatest fighter he's ever seen, basically, is what Dana White's saying. If he beats him, there's no doubt how he's fighting for the title. He has to fight for the title, or he has to fight Burns for the interim title. And Usman, starting to look like Khabib. Let's fight. Let's fight more than once a year. Let's fight. You know? I think there should be an interim title fight right now. Colby Covington, Gilbert Burns for the interim title. They should book that right now. If they're not doing Masvidal Covington, then let's do uh, uh, Covington versus Burns. Or you should have just went on and done Burns versus uh, Edwards. But let's do something. Let's get a title fight in there at 170. It's what they should have been doing, but it is what it is. So, yes, I think next should be Connor. It will be Connor Poirier for the title on January 23rd. And then I think in that same month, you should do Ferguson Chandler and Gaethje versus either Hooker or Charles Oliveira. Same month. Have it so they're set up nicely, you know? But yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, great time in that division. I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of new openings, I guess you could say. Uh, potential matchups, you know, Connor's only fought one of those. So out of, you know, the top, what is it? Top seven right now. Cause you got Gaethje, Tony Chandler, Poirier, Oliver hooker. Connor's only fought one of those guys. So a lot of new blood that not a lot of new, a lot of new matchups. Gaethje hasn't fought Chandler. 
Uh, Gaethje hasn't fought Hooker, Oliveira. Uh, Poirier hasn't fought Chandler or Ferguson, you know. So there's a lot of matchups to be made that haven't been made yet. Con- especially Connor wins the title, you're going to get a new matchup. Who Connor hasn't fought any of these guys. If Connor beats Poirier, you're either going to get one of the three, Chandler, Ferguson, or Gaethje. Connor's never fought any of them. That's, you know, new blood. You know, so I think it's a great time for the division. Um, again, congratulations to Khabib and Ragomedov. Uh, what, what a career. Again, though, hold on, though. And I got to get one more point. And this isn't shitting on Khabib because I think I would put Khabib probably as the sixth greatest fighter of all time. I'd put him at six. If I had to put my rankings, I'd put him at six. And people are going to say, wow, it's really low. Let's think of the guys he's fought. Yes, he's fought in some good guys, but he's only fought in. Yes, he has four title fight wins. I guess we'll count the Ally Aquino one. He's fought in three elite level. If you count RDA, it was RDA before RDA started to get really good, though, at lightweight. So, okay, if you want to count four, that's fine. Four elite fighters he's fought in his career RDA, Connor, Poirier, Gaethje. Well, take a look at the list of John Jones, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, Stipe Miocic, Mighty Mouse. You know, so I have GSP as my one, Anderson as my two, John is three, Mighty Mouse four, Stipe is five, is my top five greatest fighters of all time. And I'll put Khabib right there at six. And that's not shitting. Just And I think he's the greatest lightweight ever. I do think he's the greatest lightweight ever. For sure. I'll put him there. I'll put him as the greatest lightweight ever. But that's not shitting at him, shitting on him to put him at number six all time. A lot of good fighters. Stipe is still going to, Stipe has a chance to still build on that legacy. What if Stipe goes on... If Stipe goes on and beats Nganu next and then John Jones, we have to talk about Stipe as the greatest fighter ever. If he's able to do that. That's a tall feat. Now, it's very, you know, very, very steep hill to climb. But he could do it. Stipe is that good to where he could do it. And if he did that, we'd have to say, damn, is Stipe, really, Stipe might be the greatest fighter ever. ever. DC twice, John Jones, Nganu twice, Overeem, Werdum. I mean, think of the list. Think of the list, man. Junior. I mean, come on. If he's able to do that, Stipe would jump up the board. I think if Stipe just beats Ngannou a second time, I would jump him over Mighty Mouse the fourth. And then if he's able to beat John Jones, well, he jumps John Jones, in my opinion. And then you got you got to say, is he better? Would you put him over Anderson and George? George is very tough to beat. Here's the reason why George is very tough to beat. And I don't have, I don't have really a... If you put Anderson or John as one, that's fine with me. I put George at one because the career was clean. No... Even though I know Anderson didn't use steroids to literally like boost his performance, it was for injury, you still have the negative test. John Jones, for steroids, he used it for performance for sure. And John, the thing is, John Jones probably didn't even need to. Mighty Mouse, the reason Mighty Mouse is at four and you could argue him under Stipe right now is because the competition at one at 125. That's the only thing you could uh, uh, say against Mighty Mouse, in my opinion. Um but yeah, George, the reason I have George at one and the reason why he... But Stipe is a guy that could take over George, if, especially because at heavyweight. It's so hard. How many title defenses this man has at heavyweight? Dude, it's it's one punch. By any heavyweight in that division, you're out cold. And he has... You know, he lost to Daniel Cormier in recent times. And like since Stipe got really good, he's lost to Daniel Cormier. And that's it. And then he's beat him twice since then. I mean, come on. Got to consider it. You have to consider Stipe if he was... A, and you could even consider Stipe at four right now. Uh, you could say Stipe four, but if he's able to go beat Ngannou and Jones, well, he's in my opinion. I would raise him all the way to two, and there's an argument at one against George. But George having the cleanest career makes makes me put him at number one. And I'm a diehard Anderson Silva fan. 
Anderson was Anderson Silva is my second favorite fighter of all time behind Connor. But I would put George at one. Yes, I understand. I don't think Anderson cheated, but he did get busted for something. George never had that. That never happened to St. Pierre. So St. Pierre is my clear cut one. And I think it's gonna be very hard to ever top him. If now if Khabib could have if Khabib kept going, and let's say Khabib went out, he uh waits, fights, fights, let's say Connor beats Poirier, he beats Connor again. Then he's able to fight, let's say he fights uh, Tony, Tony Ferguson, beats Tony Ferguson. Then maybe he fights Michael Chandler, beats Michael Chandler. And he's sitting at 32-0 and 0 if those, three ne- those next three wins. I, you could argue Khabib's the greatest ever. But right now, in my opinion, he's fought in three, maybe four elite fighters in his career. George St. Pierre has a list of them. Anderson, a list. John Jones, a list. Stipe, a list. It's very tough for me to put him over those guys. And I actually just put I would put Steep over Mighty Mouse right now. I'll go Steep A four, Mighty Mouse five, based on the one twenty five uh, competition and just how hard it is to defend the title at heavyweight because one punch ends the night for almost any heavyweight. When you're two hundred and forty plus pounds, if you get hit clean by a guy that's two forty, no matter if he's a grappler or not, Frank Mira's knocking guys out. He's knocked guys out. No matter what, two forty or higher, you get clean clocked by one of those guys. It's over. All right, so let's get into a little what's next in combat sports. That was a long talk about that, but need to get into. Had to get into it. Like I said, those are the list of fights I would do if the UFC's next. And it sounds like two of them are for sh- – Conor Poirier 2 is happening, and it's going to be for the title. And then Chandler Ferguson, number one contender. That's going to happen. All right, let's get into the – we'll get into Chan Sun Jung, Brian Ortega, what's next for them. For Korean Zombie – depend. Now, this is all that happens with Brian Ortega. Okay, let's start with Ortega. I think he should fight Volkanovski. That's the number one option. He should fight for the title. I think Ortega should fight for the belt. So if Ortega fights for the belt, I think Calvin Cater, who I have as Korean Zombie's number one option, is going to fight Holloway. So then Korean Zombie's number two option would be a guy like Josh Emmett. Guy just slightly under him, I think. Zombie's five, Emmett's seven. That's a great fight. Let's say Ortega fights Holloway. Then you could do Korean Zombie, Calvin Cater. I put, I put Holloway's number two for Ortega. Let's just say Volkanovski gets hurt or you know he's out for a little bit. You could do Holloway, Ortega. Because they have fought before. Holloway beat him, so it's a possibility. Tied to Avasa. Oh, for Stefan Struve first, retire. I think Struve's done. I really I was hoping Struve would get the win, but you know, I think it's just his time's passed. Uh tied to Avasa. Number one, Marcin Tibera, who's coming off the win over Ben Rothwell. He's ranked 15. Good fight. Or uh Cyril Gane, who's ranked 14. One of those guys for two Avasa. Uh Magomed Enkalov, who knocked out uh Ion uh, Kutabala in the rematch. Uh, you could do for I think you jump him up. You could jump him up for either Tiago Santos, Glover, loser, or Johnny Walker would be a fun one. One of those two would be great. Lauren Murphy, she's obviously not going to. I don't think she'll get the next title shot. I actually think it's either going to be Andrade or Calvillo. But let's say Andrade gets it, she should fight Calvillo. Calvillo gets it, fight Andrade. So one of those fights for Lauren Murphy next. Walt Harris, um, you know, another it's a tough loss. He didn't look right in my opinion. I don't know if he had adrenaline dump or what, but he did not look right. I did not think Walt Harris looked good at all. Uh, you could do Augusto Sakai or Junior Dos Santos for Walt Harris next. Um, Alexander Volkov looks phenomenal. Volkov looked like a new guy. He looked he looked, he was he came in big at two sixty five, so he was he had more power to him. He looked really good. Overeem's a great fight. One of, or uh, Jarzino Rosenstruck. One of those two is a great fight for Volkov. Jared Kennear. Um Obviously, Ken Near lost to Robert Whitaker via unanimous decision. Um, broke his arm in the first opening second, opening minute. When the fir- the, whatever, whenever the first high kick was through by Whitaker and he blocked it, he broke his arm. That's crazy. 
And he fought through it. He just didn't show any signs of a broken arm. That's what's crazy about it. But he's a trooper. Uh, you either do a Paulo Costa or Yo Romero next for Kenya. I don't think he drops off that much. I think he's still right there. But, you know, broken arm, that's tough. That's tough to deal with in a fight with Robert Whitaker. Um, now for Rob Whitaker. You do either uh, he fights for the title or you do Hermanson Tillwinder. Those are your only. Two, I think those are his only two options, and I think Adesanya is really the only option. He would only fight Hermanson till if Adesanya chooses to go up a weight class. And then Justin Gaethje, I already said it. Charles Oliveira or Dan Hooker. I'd rather see Oliveira first, but either one's fine with me. So uh, let's get UFC Fight Night on ESPN Plus. Hall versus Silva. Uh, great! It's a great card for a free one. Really, sta- I mean, names from the start of the main card to the end of it. Uh, Bobby Green versus Tiago Masais in a lightweight bout. I'll go Bobby Green via unanimous decision. And then you got Mo Green versus uh, Greg Hardy. Sorry about that, guys. Mike shut off for a little bit. It wasn't wasn't going on. Okay, here we go. Uh, so we got Mo Green, Greg Hardy in the second bout. I'm going Hardy via first round KO. I think it's a perfect matchup for Greg Hardy. And if he wins this fight, you're talking about possibly fighting the top 15, uh, 15 through uh, like 12 or 11 guy next for Hardy. I think you got to kind of jump up a little bit, see where he's at. Then you got uh, Kevin Holland versus uh, Mahmoud Muradov in a middleweight bout. I got Holland via second round TKO. Then in the co-main event, Andre Feely, Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell, everyone loves Bryce Mitchell. I got Mitchell via first round sub. And then the main event, this is a, this is a tough one, emotional one right here. Uh, Uriah Hall, Anderson Silva, middleweight bout, Anderson Silva's last fight. This, again, <laughs> don't bet off my picks. This, uh, this is definitely a homer pick by me. I'm going Silva via first round TKO. I think he's going to come out and he's going to show a little bit of the old Anderson. I think he's got one more good fight in him. And I think he gets it done here and rides off into the sunset with a big win. One of the greatest fighters ever. The greatest middleweight ever as of right now. Let's get on to college football. The Big Ten was back. The Mountain West was back. So we got some teams that have entered my top 20 power rankings. At number one, I got the Clemson Tigers, 6-0. and Definitely number one. They're the number one. They look so good. They're definitely the number one team in the country. At number two... Ohio State, yeah, one game, I don't care. They are good, and they do have a definite chance at winning the national title this year. Ohio State's my number two team in the country. Number three, Alabama, easy. Those three teams will probably not move all year long unless they lose a game. After one, two, three, there's a huge gap between three and four this year. It's even bigger because Oklahoma still has a usually a viable team when they get to the playoff. But there is such a big gap this year between three to four. It's insane. It's really insane how big the gap is, I think. I got Oklahoma State as my number four right now. 4-0 in the big 4-0 now. Lead the Big 12. Oklahoma State's my four. Five, Notre Dame. They look pretty good. Uh, they are in the ACC this year. I think they have a really good shot at being a one-loss team that gets in. What they have to, what teams have to hope for, like a Georgia or A and M or a Notre Dame or North Carolina, 
they have to hope that the Oak, that the Big Twelve could possibly lose a few. The Big Twelve champion could be a two loss team. That's what they really have to hope for. They got to hope like K State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State both lose a couple games, or Oklahoma State loses in the Big Twelve title and doesn't look very good. Because then a team like maybe Georgia, and this is what would suck for the Big Twelve. Let's say Georgia runs the table the rest of the year. They play ten and Obama in the SEC title, and they're nine and one. They beat Alabama. You're going to see Georgia and Alabama in the playoff. So that's what the Big Big Twelve. The cha- right now, I think the safest because you got K State and Iowa State. Or Iowa State now has two losses. K State has one. Really, I think the only way to be secure if you're the Big 12 is if Oklahoma State goes undefeated the rest of the way. They're going to get in. You can't put in a zero-loss Big 12 conference champion. Not You can't not put them in the playoff. But it's, it's very possible that a K-State or an Iowa State or even an Oklahoma or Texas has two losses and wins the Big 12, then you're not going to get in the playoff probably. That probably won't happen. So at six, I got Cincinnati. American team, I think they also, they're also going to need some help. They need to run the table. They need the Big 12 to lose a few, and they need like Georgia, A&M, Notre Dame to lose a few game, to lose a game or two as well. They re- team, if you're looking at the Big 12 and then you're looking at Cincinnati and the American Athletic in the Big 12, you need A&M and Georgia to drop another game before the season ends because they're not, you're not going to get down two losses. And then you probably need Notre Dame to drop at least one, also maybe two. That's what you're hoping for. At seven, I got Georgia. They're three and one. At eight, I got AM, three and one. Miami at nine. BYU at 10. Florida at 11. North Carolina at 12. Wisconsin at 13. Huge loss for Wisconsin, though. There's, they get Graham Mertz. He's from, from my home state. Can, he's from my home state, Kansas. Comes in, looks phenomenal. Now I think he's out for, I think the Big Ten has a 21 day. You're out for 21 days if you get COVID or something like that, I read. So that could screw them, but they're number 13. Michigan looked really good against Minnesota. They're number 14. K-State at 15. The Thunder and Herd of Marshall undefeated. I got them at 16. Coastal Carolina also undefeated. Got them at 17. Iowa State at 18. They're 3-2. and two. Oklahoma at 19. They are 3-2. and two. And then Boise State to round out my top 20 power rankings after, I think that was week 8. Okay, so my five best games of the week. I'm 27-8 and eight right now in college football for the games of the week predictions. Uh, so this week, uh, unranked Texas plays number four Oklahoma State. I think it's going to be a little tighter. I think it's going to be kind of tight game. I got Oklahoma State 31-27. Uh, number two, Ohio State at unranked Penn State after they get upset by Indiana in week one. I did not have them ranked. Um, Ohio State wins 34-24. Uh, LSU at Auburn. I got Auburn winning 24-23. 15th ranked Kansas State travels to West Virginia as underdogs. They're also my spreads of the week. I got K-State winning 27-20. And then Memphis travels to number 6 Cincinnati. I got Cincinnati 38-24. Spreads of the week. I'm also 25-10. I was horrible in college football. I finished under 500 last year in college football. I'm 25-10 so far this year. I got Auburn at plus three and a half at home versus LSU. North Carolina minus six and a half at Virginia. Uh, Cincinnati minus six and a half at home versus Memphis. K State plus four and a half at West Virginia. And Coastal Carolina minus two and a half at Georgia State. Champions League group predictions. Uh, it's just only a few games in, there's some games today. 
I believe tomorrow is Juventus versus Bayern uh, versus uh, Barcelona. Hopefully Ronaldo is able to play. He was on he was on the COVID list, so we'll see if he plays. Uh, Group A, I got fourth. Uh, Salzburg finishing fourth. Uh, Locomotive finishing third. Atletico Madrid finishing second, and Bayern Munich finishing one. So Atletico and Bayern to the group to the knockout stage. In Group B, uh, I got Gladbach, Schachter. Finish, uh, Shakhtar finishing third and fourth, and then I got Real Madrid second and Inter Milan winning the group. Those teams head to the knockout stage. Group C, Olympiacos finishing fourth, Marcial finishing third. I got FC Porto second, and Man City winning the group. Those so Porto and Man City to the group stage or to the knockout stage. I do not know how to say the team that Liverpool played today. I won't even try. But Atalanta, they're not very good. They're going to probably not have a point in this league. Or in this group. Atalanta finishing third. Ajax second. And Liverpool won. So I got Liverpool and Ajax heading to the knockout stage. Group E. Uh, Krasnodar and Reynas finishing third and fourth. And then I got Sevilla and Chelsea winning the group and heading to the knockout stage. Group F. Uh, Zenit and Club Bruges finishing third and fourth. I got Dortmund finishing second. And Lazio finishing first. So Lazio and Dortmund to the knockout stage. Uh, group G. Don't know how to say this name either. They're also not going to win a game in this group, probably. I got Dynamo finishing third. Uh, Barcelona second. And Juventus won. So Juventus and FC Barcelona heading to the uh, knockout stage. Group H. Istanbul finishing fourth. Uh, Leipzig finishing third. Man United second. PSG won. So we got Man U and PSG heading to the knockout stage. NFL time. Headlines. Antonio Brown has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, it was over the was last week. Last week, they announced the contract was basically done. And the Bucs are just starting to play very, very good football. But yes, Antonio Brown signs with the Bucs. Des Bryant to Baltimore. He's going to start out on the practice squad. I think it'll be very quick that he moves into the uh, onto the roster because they need a guy that can catch touchdowns, a wide receiver. They have Hola Brown. He's not a guy though that can just go go up and get a ball though. He's you know he's a very he's a slot guy. He's fast. He can catch a deep ball over the top, but he's not a guy you can just like. They need a red zone target. Des Bryant, huge red zone target. I think he can still be a great red zone target in the NFL. What do the Cowboys do next? The season's over. I don't care if they're a half game back. The season's definitely over. Um, I think the Cowboys should just. Really, they're, it looks, sounds like they're trying to trade guys away. It sounds like, I really hope they just don't try to win a game the rest of the year so they can get the number one pick and either get Trevor Lawrence or get a the biggest trade haul in NFL history for a team that really needs him. So now we're going to play cont- contenders and pretenders with potential playoff teams. I got eight potential playoff teams in the AFC and nine in the NFC. We'll go to the AFC. I'm gonna, I listed them. How it would be, you know, division winners one through four, and then five through eight are the wild card teams. Who are contenders, and who are pretenders to, for, to win a Super Bowl? Like Chiefs at one. Technically, the Steelers are at one, but I don't really give a rat's ass. Uh, Chiefs, yes, they're contenders for sure. Super Bowl favorites. Steelers, definitely contenders. Titans, pretenders. I don't think the top. I just don't. I don't trust Ryan Tannehill still. I, I still can't find a way to trust him. He's gonna have to prove it to me when they get to the playoffs. I go pretenders. Bills, God, they're so borderline with me. I'm going to go pretenders because their defense is not as good as last year. So I'm going pretenders. Ravens, contenders, for sure. Browns, pretenders. Colts, Raiders, pretenders. So I only see three teams, I think, that could win the Super Bowl at the AFC. Chiefs, Steelers, Ravens. 
And we're going to find out who's better, who's, who's in my, I have the Ravens over the Steelers in my rankings right now. We're going to find out who's going to be higher ranked though when they play next weekend. NFC, a lot more, I think there's going to be a few more, a few more contenders than pretenders. Uh, so Packers, one, contenders, Seahawks, Buccaneers, contenders, all three of them. Whoever wins the NFCs, don't give a rat's ass, pretenders. Bears, pretenders, don't trust Nick Foles or Trubisky. Cardinals, contenders. The defense is getting better. Murray's getting into a groove. What a win over Seattle. I think they're contenders. Rams, contenders. I like Jared Goff. A lot of people down Jared Goff because of last year. I love Jared Goff. I think the Rams with that defense also are contenders. Saints, I'm going to say contenders still, but they're they're right there on the goddamn. Only reason I'm saying contenders is because they have Drew Brees, and I still you could still put a little faith in him, and they have Kamara, and hopefully they still have Michael Thomas. So, and then 49ers, I'm going pretenders this year. Too many injuries. I don't think they're going to be able to salvage the season. I think Niners are pretenders for me right now. So I got six contenders out of the nine, though. So let's go to my week six, or this would be week, it's coming on week nine. Uh, game predictions for this coming week. Right now I'm 68 and 37, which is a 64.8% win percentage. Last year I was a 79.3 win percentage, so not doing too hot this year. Still doing okay, but... 11% under what I did last year. Thursday Night Football, Falcons at Panthers. I got Panthers 27-24. Now some Sunday early games, Raiders at Browns. I got Browns 31-27. Jets at Chiefs, Chiefs 38-13. Steelers at Ravens, 23-20 Ravens. Patriots at Bills, 31-21 Bills. Titans at Bengals, 34-23 uh, Titans. Colts at Lions, 30-28 Lions. Vikings at Packers, 31-23 Packers. Rams at Dolphins, 27-20 Rams. Sunday late games, Chargers at Broncos. I'm going Chargers 24-20. 49ers at Seahawks. I'm going Seahawks in a bounce back, 34-30. Saints at Bears, 24-17 Saints. Cowboys at Eagles, 27-17 Eagles. Monday Night Football, Buccaneers at Giants, 31-20 Buccaneers. I'm actually going to lower the, I'm going to go 31-17. 31-17 Buccaneers. Spreads of the week. I'm 20-15, and 15, which again, last year I was under way under 500 on spreads in the NFL. I got Bills minus 3.5 at home versus the Patriots. I got the Lions plus 3.5 at home versus the Colts. Packers minus 6.5 at home versus the Vikings. Browns minus 2.5 at home versus the Raiders. And Chargers minus 2.5 at Denver. Okay. Um, so last thing going, my post week eight, uh, power, my power 12 post week eight standings at 12. I got the new Orleans saints at four and two at 11, the Cleveland Browns at five and two at 10, the Buffalo bills at five and two at nine, the Los Angeles Rams at five and two at eight, the Tennessee Titans who are five and one at seven, the Arizona Cardinals who are five and two. Six, the Seattle Seahawks, five and one. Five, the Green Bay Packers, who are five and one. Four, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are six and zero. Oh. Three, the Baltimore Ravens at five and one. Two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five and two, and one, the Kansas City Chiefs. People are like, they drop the Seahawks all the way down. Yes, because the Seahawks defense is terrible. That defense is awful. I didn't want to put them as pretenders, but goddamn, it was close because that defense is so bad. The Buccaneers have a great defense, and now they're figuring it out offensively. So that's really scary. 
that was the team before the year I said the only team that could possibly match the, that could beat the Chiefs is the Buccaneers because of that defense. Chiefs are still number one. I don't care if they have a loss. I don't care that the Steelers are undefeated. I think who I think is the best team right now. Who's the better team now? I think Chiefs are still the best team in the NFL. The Chiefs' offense was below average for their standards, and they won a game 43-16 on the road in the snow. Come on. But yeah, that'll close the podcast. Kind of a shorter one today. Um, but yeah, Khabib retires is the big news. Um, but hey, line them up. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier too for the lightweight title, January 23rd. That's what we're moving towards. Line them up, knock them down. I think Connor. I think Connor can absolutely run through the division. I don't see a very. I, you know, Chandler's wrestling's very good, so that's a tougher matchup possibly. But I think he's too small. Tony's probably the second. <laughs> Tony's probably the second toughest matchup. Sorry about the dog. But uh, yeah, so that'll be the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back later. We'll be back later this week or early next week.